All right, welcome to Caveman's Corner. Today we got Joey Angelo, bare knuckle fighter, two and one, six and one as a pro MMA fighter. How you doing today? I'm good, man. It's been a busy day. How you guys doing? Good. I saw yeah. your workout video, man. You're putting in three days right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm training. I'm training three times a day. Um, kind of have no excuse. I got laid off back in May, so I have no excuse to not, to not be in the gym. Damn, man. I'm sorry to hear that. COVID get you? Yeah, yeah. I work for the union, so I'll be getting a call back here shortly. But right now, I'm just enjoying the uh, the time in the gym. Nice, man. That's the best time. Like, what else can you do? I mean, uh, I wish I was kind of laid off and knew I could get a job back and be able to be in the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just making the best out of it. Yeah. So, uh, you got any fights lined up? Nothing yet, man. I I, I probably text Dave Feldman every day. Uh, he's probably sick of me. But <laughs> um, he last text I got from him was he said uh, he'll let me know if it's February 5th or March 12th. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It would be nice to fight back in Tampa. I like going out there to fight. Yeah, we we'll just see. had him on the other day, man. He's a uh we've had him on since the beginning we've been following bare knuckle boxing since it started i was uh not too sure about it and ray uh convinced me and uh we jumped headlong into it and we're big fans of bare knuckle boxing now yeah yeah i i grew a big liking to it as well i didn't think i was gonna like it from going from mma to bare knuckle but it's it's been treating me pretty well now how you how you uh go with the training when you go to fight bare knuckle like do you uh uh, don't wear gloves when you're training. Uh, like how no, I, how you prepare for something like that? Yeah, I wear gloves. Well, I start heavy. You know, like if an eight, I have an eight or nine week camp, I start with my 16s doing mat, uh, you know mitt work, and then as the camp progresses, I uh, I hit mitts pretty hard with 10 ounce gloves, and then I usually don't really do anything uh, with with uh, bare knuckle. Um, maybe I'll hit mitts just to get a feel for it. You know, um, other than that, man, it's it's usually. 10-ounce uh, gloves, or I'll go down to, like, little fours, little MMA gloves. But, no, I try and keep my hands intact. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you do anything special to condition your knuckles? Yeah, I punch everything. I'm, <laughs> my wife's always yelling at me. She's like, you got to stop. Like, I'm punching the fridge. I, I, I punch the poles, the, uh, the bag stands at the gym. And even my coach is like, dude, you're supposed to be punching the bags, not the actual stands. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's – um, that's just more just anxious energy, but no, I'm, I'm always conditioning. Um, even though my hands always hurt a after the fights, they don't break, which is good. They just kind of, you know, they hurt. Now, when you fight in bare knuckles, um, <clears throat> compared to MMA or boxing, whatever, uh, you got to pick your shots, right? You got to strategize on how you got to, what you got to, what punch you got to use. Yeah, I have a strategy. I got a strategy until someone punches me in the face. So <laughs> I uh, like my. If you watch my fights, my footwork is my strategy. Like I'm constantly moving, kind of like emulate like a Frankie Edgar slash like Lomachenko sidestep, taking advantage of being a southpaw. But as far as punching, um, I just let these guys kind of. I stay active, really active with a jab, um, and I just kind of let these guys run into a big left, and they get they tend to get frustrated when I'm moving too much. I kind of bounce around a lot, so. I just that's kind of my strategy footwork and, and and sticking a jab in their face i'm like ray i did a little bit of research so i watched all your fights and some of your training stuff um you definitely don't fight like a, a bare knuckle boxer that i would be when i think of bare knuckle boxing that he would fight like you throw jabs you throw you throw everything you move around a lot you look like a regular boxer like you got big gloves on 
you're touching people, you, you're putting your hand up for defense, you're catching on your knuckles, you're fighting just like you got a pair of 16s on. You're, you don't fight like uh, like what a typical bare-knuckle boxer would when you think of it normally fight like. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys don't have the, they, they have a, we don't have gloves on, but for some reason they just think that we don't have gloves on so all like fundamentals go out the window and they just charge forward and go nuts. I still stay composed and my footwork is on point and I'm just sticking a jab in there. And if you see, I don't really throw a true jab. I actually flick the back. I almost like backhand jab you um, trying to get those knuckles. I got a really big uh, middle finger knuckle, especially on my right hand. So I try and get that knuckle in that eye and, uh, and it worked tremendously against Walter Barros, my last fight. His whole face was closed up after the fight. You look like you like well. to throw that backward step and uh, check hook as well. I see that a lot. That's not something I typically see a lot in bare knuckle boxing either. No, in MMA, like that's why I, I miss kicking people. I'll be honest with you, but a lot of people rushed in, and uh, they, they I love throwing that check hook into that liver kick or the knee to the head because I did have a tendency to fight a lot of wrestlers. So I would hit them with that check hook and they drop level and they would eat a knee to the head or to the liver or something like that. So. I just obviously took took the kicking element out of it, and I just like that check hook. I seen uh, that guy changed levels and took a shot on you in the last Paranaco boxing match. You should have need him anyways. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I know. I don't want to get disqualified. He was, listen, my, my last opponent, man, that, that actually, I know it was a five-round split decision, but the fact that he went to a, a, a draw with Joe Riggs really, really, uh, you know, it, it – it, if I kind of proved to myself that I can kind of hang, hang with these guys and then watching Julian Lane fight out Al, uh, Alves, I fought Julian Lane on short notice, my first ever bare knuckle fight. And I didn't look that bad at all. Like it was just a very, very, very close split decision. And uh, the, the watching that fight, even though I think Julian won that fight against Alves, I, it, it gave me even more confidence. Like, wow, I could honestly sit there and bang with all these guys. Cause we're our biggest critics. So seeing these guys, you know, um, that I fought on that level, it gives me a lot of confidence going into uh, this next fight. I think you're great, man. I'd like love to watch your move. I do have a question for you. So I watched your training video from today, and you were in orthodox stance, and then I watched you fight in your southpaw. So uh, are you changing things up for your next fight, or what do you got going on here? <laughs> no, I just, I just had the camera on reverse. Everyone thinks that. Everyone oh, thinks that. you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I shouldn't even say anything. I should just let these guys sweat. Like, damn, he looks good orthodox. <laughs> I was going to say you look no. really good. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. No, I like to have the camera in verse because when people are commenting on it, like, you know, I like to engage with my, uh, with everyone that tunes in, whether it's basically all four of my fans. It's always the same four people. <laughs> so I, I engage with them and, you know, and I also like to see um, if I'm doing something wrong, like I'll catch myself and I'll stop and I'll, I'll make sure that it's, I'm doing it right. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. I, I wish I could fight orthodox. That'd be nice. Man, I was gonna say if you're that smooth orthodox, like I don't know why you even fight southpaw. Like, look really yeah. good. <laughs> Trick yeah. me. I'm a weird. I'm a weird southpaw too. I got a, another southpaw at the gym. He's a professional boxer, and like it's weird. He's like, "What hand do you write with?" Okay, I write with my left. He's like, "You throw with your left hand too?" And I was like, "No, nah, I throw with my right." He's like, "What?" And he's like, "That's weird." I'm like, yeah, "I don't know. Maybe I'm not a true southpaw, but it uh, it it works out." I'm beating a lot of these guys up with just speed and power and, uh, and, and technique, you know, movement. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a lot of guys, I think that in the 85 slash 95 pound division, I think we have a lot of monsters in that division. 
and I got to move, you know? Well, you definitely move. You're one of the most exciting people that I've watched in bare knuckle boxing. It's like watching regular boxing. It really makes me happy to watch your fights. I just watched all three of them today, so was, uh, I wasn't really too familiar with you, but, man, you look really, really good. I love it. I know. I wish... I wish Feldman thought the same. He was the first person I went to after my fight. And I was like, what are you thinking? He gave me that weird little, <laughs> if you're Italian, you give me that little manza manza, like, yeah, it was an okay fight. And I was like, dude, oh, man, that's heartbreaking. But, I mean, it wins a win. They're all, not all going to be good. I have some knockout wins in bare knuckle, but, uh, well, I have one knockout win, but they're all not going to be amazing performances. He likes to um, see blood everywhere, bro. Like, he's a promoter. That's his he job. He wants, he wants people to get hurt, dude. You're just out there being smooth. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with having yeah, skill. That's what I said. I said I bring that smooth, eloquent, uh, less barbaric, uh, you know, elements to, to bare knuckles. But people don't want that. They want to see carnage and stitches and they're all people are animals. That's all right. Just keep winning, man. And yeah. they can't they can't put you down. Be the John Fitcher bearing I mean, boxing. If, if you stay still, get hit. Those are blood tissues, <laughs> scar tissues build up, and then you get cut easy, and, and then the fight's over for you. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I got a family to come back to. Um, you know, it's I got to explain to them what happened because my kids don't watch me fight live. Uh, so I got to come back, and, and they got to ask me a bunch of questions. And my, fa- my, my face um, was pretty stitched up after my last fight. And uh, it was kind of funny because me and my wife got separated on the way home from Tampa for the last fight, but I got to sit next to Stitch, uh, Jacob Duran. <laughs> and then and it was so weird because I, I'm, I'm talking to Jacob the whole time, and then my stitches kept breaking open. So I'm sitting, I'm in the middle seat, and then I'm uh, kind of leaning back, and then I feel just someone touching my face. And I was like, what the hell? And I got startled, and it's Stitch just kind of dabbing blood off my face with a napkin. It's not like that. Appreciate it. Should have given you some work. <laughs> yeah, I know. He gave me so you know he did give me some awesome like CBD cream. I really, I really not really into the CBD products. So I'm kind of like rub some dirt on it or like, <laughs> you know, like or like the Latinas because you know every all Latinas don't believe in stitches, bro. They just cut open the aloe vera plant and stick it on your face and say <laughs> just leave it. So uh, it was, it was, it was pretty rough after the fight, but I'm just dying to get back in there, man. I'm putting the work in. Um, and I'll fight anybody. Like anyone, I told Dave, give me anyone from 85 to 205. If uh, if there's a heavyweight available, I'll do. Because I walk around at 215. I'm not. I'm not a small. I'm not a small guy. You know, I like food and I like beer. <laughs> so, sure, don't look like it. You yeah. move pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's why I tell people I'm deceptively big. I just got a fat ass and legs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty cut off for legs. eating like that too. No, I don't. I like I eat normal, but honestly, like I live life as well. Like, you know, I got four kids, and they're all under ten years old. So, I'm, dude, half my meals are like finishing their chicken nuggets over the sink like an animal. So, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, but no, I have a I have a meal prep company, Fit Fuel, that 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 sends me my meals every Monday and Thursday. Um, you know, I'm in the gym. I'm training clients now, and I'm like overwhelmed with clients. That's my source of income right now, and and it's been working out well. Um, so I have no reason to really be out of shape. I just I do enjoy beer every now and then, um, and a nice glass of Hennessy. But other than that, I'm, um, other than that, man, I'm hungry. I just want to get in there and, and fight everyone and everyone. But uh, you know, I mean, if these rankings hold any water, right? Like the Combat Insiders guys that have me ranked at three, I just got bumped down because Dakota just fought, and uh, rightfully so. Like Dakota's such a tough dude. Um, I don't know how Alvarez is ranked above me. That's 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 kind of weird, but. What are you gonna do? We we will have to talk with David Feldman. 
Yeah, we just had him on the other day. Know. We'll talk with him again. We're gonna do a video with him soon. So uh yeah. we'll uh yeah. we'll put in a word for you. We gotta we gotta start doing videos, uh podcast. We we just working it out. We we don't got it uh ready yet, but we're gonna start doing that too. Video podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, like uh Caveman's Corner will be like the next Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, we're not gonna be that cool, but we'll be something like that. <laughs> we'll be nah, we'll be the uh <laughs> Dollar store version of yeah. Joe Rogan. <laughs> the Chell Sonnen version. That's it, right? Nice guy, Inc. But yeah, man, it's a. Uh, I just want to get in there and fight. I got a lot of people asking me because these like mock draft fantasy, what is it, 85 tournaments came out. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll fight all those guys. Um, and I think they're all beatable. Like, you know, and I'm not saying this because I have to say, it. I mean, I, I am my own biggest fan, but like, if you think about it, like, I can sit there and, and pick apart these guys, like, you know, Lorenzo Hunt, I love that, dude. We came from the other Bare Knuckle organization together, and he's tough, man. He's like, dude, that, if I fought Lorenzo Hunt, I would have to let him be tired of beating me up before I could hit him. He's so, <laughs> I would have to clubber lang him, pretty much, like Rocky yeah. did with clubber lang. I'd have to pu- let him punch out. But he comes forward too much, and Gustavo exposed him. You know, smacked him down the middle and split his lip open. And uh, Dakota's another one. Dakota, you just got to let him tire out and uh, not stand in front of him. You know, he punches hard, you know. So uh, when you started fighting, when you was in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started fighting in Brooklyn. I was, uh, I got a bunch of older brothers. I was that weird, awkward, little pasty white kid. Uh, <laughs> talk, I talked a lot of crap. I was just able to run fast. But whenever <laughs> I got caught, I got, my, I got my ass beat. So What part of Brooklyn um, are you from? I, Bensonhurst. Oh, okay. You know, the, uh, yeah, I'm like right by Coney Island. So I did, yep. I, it was Bay 50th. So I, I went out there, and, you know, we lived in Long Island. We lived all the way in, like, Shirley, Shirley, Long Island, like, all the way in Suffolk County. Um, and then my dad, when I go back home, my pops currently resides in uh, Staten Island. So he's over that guinea plank over the Arizona Bridge. Oh, okay. um, but, yeah, I started training out there just for self-defense stuff and then, you know, got into football. And, you know, it's all the same, all the same story. But uh, MMA, you know, I, I went on such a big win streak, and I was hoping to get picked up by, like, the UFC or – um, contender series and this and that, but Sean Shelby, Dana White, maybe they just weren't interested, or maybe I had the wrong management. Because um, I'm known for my kicks, like my kicks is what I'm kind of known for. Um, but, you know, I mean, you just had to, I guess I hung them up after I, I won some pro title in Philly, or not Philly, Stroudsburg. And then, uh, you know, 1500 bucks, it's not much money. Yeah. Is that so, from Maverick? So, that was from Maverick, yeah, and I love those guys, man. Uh, uh, Willie Siska, those guys, you know, I love fighting close to home. I had all my family there. My son, actually, my youngest son, Luca, actually watched me fight live. He was too young. He didn't really know what was going on yet, but it was cool to, you know, drape the belt around him and have fun with it. But um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm 31 now, and I can't be fighting for 1500 bucks, risking my life. So Dave and my manager worked at a nice, uh, a nice contract, even though Dave – Fucking, I don't know if I can curse on here, but he hates my manager. You, you can um, curse, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can curse. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave doesn't like my manager because it's, you know, my manager does his job. So, um, and I feel like that's kind of the reason I've been on the shelf a lot lately. But we worked at a nice deal, but it's kind of working against me now because I keep getting the, uh, hey, we can't afford you. Um, you know, we're over budget or this and that. So uh, would you be willing to fight for less money? And I tell them no. So I'm just... <laughs> I'm just being patient and uh, 
you know, I think I, I'm, I'm really big into if you just don't force anything, just let it happen naturally. And, uh, you know, I'll come out on top. Yeah, when COVID's over and uh, fans open up again, they're going to want to put on fights all the time. And once you get crowds again, they can afford everything and it works out pretty good. Yeah, I just don't want to be on the shelf here. I haven't fought since October 2019. You know, I'm not getting any younger. But, uh, you know, the more I see these, like, these 85ers or 95ers in my in my weight class, I'm not really worried. You know, a lot of these guys are beatable, and I'm just going to sit there and, you know, watch them beat up on each other for less money, and then I'll come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> no. Would you no, ever think about doing Bellator? Or how long is your contract for? My contract, dude. I, I my contract expires in January nineteenth. I got two. I was supposed to fight two more times by January nineteenth. That was the biggest issue. And I'm like, I'm like, you know. And I understand. I can understand if like they weren't doing any shows because of COVID. But I mean, they just had their what fifth show. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you guys have plenty of opportunities to get me on a card. But and I, and I'm just being understanding. Like even my managers, like let's just be understanding and and uh, and and just wait because we'll come out on top. So, so, so how does that work? If your contract expires, do you get your pay for those fights, or do you? Is it just null and void? Uh, I don't know, man. That's uh, <laughs> honestly, if I had to like, and I'm not obviously I'm not going this route, but if I had to like get a lawyer and do that, they'd be like, yeah, you're paid out, and then damages and all that shit. But I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not the suing type, man. I understand it's a pandemic going on. I think it would be really crummy for me to even go down that route like i'm staying in shape and i know um that i i hope they know the the specifics of my contracts since they're the ones that drew it up so i, I hope they give me a you know they throw me a bone for just being patient and, and i'm not the only one a lot of guys are being patient you know but i don't think anyone's like really begging for a fight the way i mean that's what i did i was looking over my messages to feldman and i'm like oh, i sound like a bitch right now like i'm begging <laughs> to fight and i hate like i don't beg like I, if i want something i go work for it but you know, I, I can't, I can't fight. I can't fight for anyone else. So not, 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 and I don't want to, you know what I mean? No one can match my contract money. I don't um, think begging to fight sounds like a bitch. No offense. That sounds pretty badass, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate it. It's just like, you know, but I, like I said, I, I, I want to fight everyone and anyone. I just not, maybe, maybe because I'm not producing knockouts uh, and they don't want me on the card. Cause I, I got a lot of guys like hunt, you know, Hunt's fought a lot since October, and you know, a lot of these guys have fought, you know, and they're just producing knockouts, but you, know, you won't know until you get me in there. A New York fight would be good for you, too. Absolutely. I would sell out a, a Brooklyn, Staten Island, any of the boroughs, man. I would sell out. I got people, you know, I have people travel to Florida to watch me fight. I have people travel to Vegas to watch me fight, and, and, and uh, half the crowd in, uh, in Stroudsburg was mine. I sell tickets. We uh we talked with Feldman and they're they're talking about doing Seneca Niagara, which is super close to us because we're out of Buffalo, and uh, that yeah. that's not too far from New York City. It's only like eight hour drive. That's way closer than Florida, at least. Absolutely, yeah. I would have a bunch of people drive up there. We caravan like a bunch of gypsies and and and, and do it. You know, we'd have a lot of fun. You guys, Bills fans, anybody? Of course, or? I'm a Bills fan. Ray's a Jets fan. I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> oh, dude, hold on, Ray. <laughs> Did you see? Hold on, I don't want to sidetrack. Did you see my parlay yesterday? I, uh, Ray, if I was, if you were in front of me, oh man, I, you killed me. I would have won so much money if I had a five teamer 
and then the Jets go ahead and beat the Rams? What kind of shit is that? <laughs> Not only did they beat the Rams, bro, you ruined your draft pick too. You fucked your whole season. Dude, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, I'm you know what? I'm actually excited for uh, the Bills and and uh, I would like to see either the Bills go or the Titans. I like both of those teams. I'm a Giants fan, so I don't count. But <laughs> <laughs> you guys laughed a little too hard at that one. Oh man, I always give Ray shit for the Jets because yeah, he's a city guy. Yeah. No one likes Game Green. No, nobody likes Game Green. Yeah. But uh, but well, I'm yeah, a, I am I'm a Yankees uh, fan though. <laughs> I'm a Mets. I'm a Mets fan. You know what? I used to go to the Mets games back in the '80s when I was a little kid. I wasn't too far from Shea Stadium. Yeah, where, where's Shea? That's in uh, what part of Queens is that? Oh, uh, I, I Oh, Ray's lost. Huh? It's in it's in Forest Hills. Like okay. Forest Hills, yeah. Queen. Yeah. It wasn't too but, far um, from me. I was on. I was in. Nah. I was right off the J. Uh, the Jackie Robinson Highway, and I was off right there. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, too I got far. You. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed. I stayed out of Queens. I knew better. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I said, man, I'm excited to get in there. Um, you know, I just, I just like I said, I'm gonna stay busy. I'm gonna stay on top of it. Um, and I just, I beg these guys. I'm like, dude, give me at least a six week camp. Not to like, I just need to cut the weight. That's all. Like right now, I'm 215 pounds, and I need six weeks to cut that 215. Health, healthy wise, you know. Yeah, just that twenty pound cut off. How much water do you normally um, cut before the fight? Um, almost none, dude. Like, I, if I have a six to eight week camp, um, I slowly start cutting. So I cut about four pounds a week, um, and then maybe like I retain a lot of water when I fly. So maybe I'll take like an Epsom salt bath, um, depending on where my flight is, and then I'll just I'll do a little fast for like a day, like the day of weigh-ins or the day before weigh-ins. I won't eat or drink anything. I'll just monitor my weight, but it's not bad. It's an eight-week cut. Most most fighters want to do it the day of, and I don't do all that shit because it takes a lot longer for your body to recover. You know, 24 hours is not enough time if you're cutting 15 pounds a day of. Yeah. I was just wondering yeah. if you cut, like, 5, 10, or if you just made it right on weight. That's that's not much at all. No, dude. I, I, I By the time, um, I'm, I'm no heavier than 90 two days before weigh-ins, and then I'll just float it. I'll eat, you know, have my chicken and asparagus and stuff like that. And then I'll, I'll fast, you know, for that 24 hours and I'll be fine. That's why I never look sucked up and miserable at weigh-ins. You know, I, I do it over eight weeks. Do you think it gives you a lot more energy? What'd you say? Do you think it gives you a lot more energy? You look like you got a pretty good gas tank. I've never seen you look like tired, yeah. tired. Dude. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have all the energy in the world, man, especially when I'm in there because I don't do that big drastic cut. My body doesn't, you know, my, my, even when I weigh in, like, I go eat and I eat chicken and veggies and rice that's it i don't introduce new stuff to my to my meal plan you know like I, a lot of guys will be like go to the olive garden and eat fettuccine and <laughs> alfredo with chicken and i'm like and i asked them like when's the last time you had that oh it's been months bro i'm like you want to introduce this to your system now you can't wait an extra day i ain't gonna lie and i, I did that for my first fight <laughs> yeah it's it's rough and I, I go in there and i'm no heavier than 198 when i step into the ring that's nice. I was uh, I always cut like 10, 15 pounds a day before weigh-ins or, you know, even the day of weigh-ins. I was 45, so, like, I usually start my cut about 60 and make it down to 46. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big cut, too. I, I only I was only gassed in one fight, and that was my pro debut. I was, uh, it was for RFA, and I was 155 pounds. And uh, I was pretty gassed on that because I'd never made 55. And my coach at the time, his name was Kevin Randleman, 
he helped me cut basically. And, and him and Sean Tompkins, they both, they were my head coaches and, and they basically said, you know, you know, we'll get you there. I was supposed to fight Gregor Gillespie out of Long Island and he broke his arm. So I fought some other kid. Man, that would have been and, a great uh, fight. Wait, wait, your, yeah, your, trainer, no, your yeah. trainer, Kevin Randleman? Yeah, my trainers, my, my two head coaches were Randleman and Sean Tompkins. From the Hammer House? They both, Kevin Randleman? Yeah, 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 him, yeah, he was my head coach for a long time. He's oh, one wow. of my best friends. Yeah, jeez. So, That's what's up. Yeah, I'm good friends with him. I'm really good friends with Calvin, his son, Elizabeth, his wife. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm good friends with all of them. And they, they, they did great. And then Sean Tompkins was a legendary coach. Yeah. You know, do you know Mike um, Dizak? I know Mike. Yeah, he he does. Uh, I was actually gonna hire him to train my dog. Yeah, yeah dude, he's Dizak a killer. Well, yeah. We I trained with him up in Buffalo back in the day. Yeah, Dizak got a that guy got a that boy got a chin. <laughs> so yeah, so he's a, he's a good kid. He was my old training partner. Those guys all came up. Dizak, John Gunderson, like Chris Wardeski, Sam Stout. These are the guys I was training with. Mark Hominick, who I thought was like 14 when I first met him. And like, oh, yeah, he was so tiny. They're like, oh, he's getting ready to fight Jose Aldo. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so I thought this kid hasn't even hit puberty yet. He's over there fighting for the title. Man, you were with a murderer's so, row. <laughs> yeah, man. This, dude, I'm telling you, at, at Tap Out, it was Tap Out. We had Vito Belfort with us. We had, dude, we got Coleman, Mark Coleman ready for his last fight. Like when Randall came in, it was no fun. Like, Practice was complete, like just dog shit. We had to crawl out of that place. It all made us better fighters and better individuals. But, you know, when he walked into the gym, he would just, and this place was huge. And we were pros all trained in the back, like away from people because like the kids' classes and stuff would happen out front and we were just murdering each other. So the kids shouldn't see that. <laughs> and the moment Randall walked in, he would stop. He would put his bag down and just scream this big ass howl, like, and we're like, oh, coach is here. Let's go. And we just start doing like shadow boxing, shooting doubles and stuff like that. Like he scared the crap out of us. But I'll tell you this though, man. He makes you like as you walk out to that fight, he, he's got so much tenacity. He makes you feel like, A, there's nobody in this world that can beat you at that moment. And B, you can run through brick walls. Um, that's how, I mean, that's just how he, that was his element, you know. And Sean Tompkins was more of the calm, poised, control um cornerman so it was a perfect uh it, it was a perfect uh dynamic do you attribute that to your uh your great stellar mma career i mean you went from three and three as an amateur to six and one as a pro and your stand-up looks phenomenal i didn't realize yeah. you were uh training with such high level guys in mma yeah man uh all those guys man it, growing up as an i was an amateur fighting for tough enough and i was going with my camp's like I said, with Sam Stout, Hordesky, and, and, you know, Dizak and Gunderson, these guys would literally, I never felt like I achieved anything leaving, leaving training, but little did I know they were just, they were just sharpening me um, and getting me better. Cause when I got into the fight on, as an amateur, it was like, wow, these, this is nothing. And then pro same thing. I was training with such high level guys. I'm like, this was nothing. So, you know, not saying MMA was too easy, but a lot of these guys that were so-called good strikers, they resorted to wrestling me. And, and my <laughs> wrestling takedown defense was pretty good um, just due to me being agile. Well, that's awesome. I should have definitely like looked up into your MMA stuff. I know uh, Dizak pretty well. We used to train with him and Josh Ketri up here. And, uh, man, those were the days. Uh, yeah, Dizak is old school. Yeah, yeah K K my man came in here is old school. <laughs> yeah, I started fighting in 95, so... 
I'm a little oh, bit man. older. Yeah. <laughs> me and me and, uh, me and Dzak fought on a on a same card. It was a pro am. I was an amateur, and Dzak fought Otis Ruiz. It was out here at the M Resort. It was a MMA explosion card. It was a, it was a good card. And uh, yeah, man, it, and that's what I loved about him. We loved training together and then going out and doing battle together. It was pretty cool. It was a nice little element to add to it. Yeah, he's a great dog, dog trainer. If anyone can uh, ever needs anybody, talk to him, man. He's the man. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I got I got four hundred pounds worth of dog I'm looking at right now. I got a I got a German uh, German massive. I got a French massive and a Great Dane, and then I got a multi poo. So I had to keep things special. <laughs> so it's uh, but yeah, I was gonna hit him up about my French master because he's he was kind of a, a dick at first, but he <laughs> calmed down. To but uh, so, anyway, so who do you guys want to see? Who do you guys want to see fight? I'm gonna cut you off. But who do you want to see in this 85 95 tournament? I know you guys are fans. I mean, we gotta get you winning this thing, man. That's that's what our goal is. So we'll get you against yeah. everybody. It don't matter who. I just want to see you get in there. So let's make sure that you get in the tournament. That's what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if that, if, like I said, if those rankings hold water, I should be. I think I've been in every except for knuckle. The hell those guys are knuckle, uh, knuckle knockouts. They didn't even put me in the equation. They put. Um, which is, I guess, kind of crazy, even though I haven't fought in a year. It's like, you know, they got that Bosquick. Or I don't know how to say his name. Some English dude in there. He looks mean. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, all these guys are counting me out. And I'm just going to sit back quietly. And I don't – one thing about me, and even Feldman said I have to work on it. Like, I don't talk shit, man. I, I tried doing that with Hector Lombard. I embarrassed that, man. I called him out. I got, a, I got his phone number. I FaceTimed him. I had other people FaceTiming him. Um <laughs> Like, and it, and it felt like, okay, this might happen. I might get a decent payday and it went nowhere. Um, so I'm like, and it's, I, it didn't even feel um, organic. It's not my style. You know, I, I, I'm more of the, I just kind of let my hard work stand for itself. And I just, you know, that's why I love, that's why I nicknamed the Cinderella man. Cause I do have a Cinderella story, but I love the James J. Braddock. Um, he was one of my favorite fighters of all time. And he was a union worker, kids you know, worked his ass off and then worked his ass off in the gym. And that's kind of my style. So I don't really talk a lot of shit. I just kind of let my, my fights do it for me. You can't really but, fake that either. I mean, you got to be who you are. And I mean, obviously, is, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. I know, it's, I know it's entertainment, but we all can't be as menacing looking as Yuli Diaz. And we can't be, you know, as ugly as Bosquick and, and, <laughs> and, and, as, and as mean looking as Lorenzo Hunt. You know, these guys, it's just who they are. You could tell it's all, like, just organic, you know? Yeah, you look um, like uh, you look like the technical guy, man. You really do. Your face looks I like look, it. When you move, you look technical. It's just, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I see you've been doing uh, yoga, so do that help out big time for you? Yeah, man. My yoga, I do my ballet. I do it all, man. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get an edge up on these guys, man. Like, you don't understand. I will do anything to... I will train in any way possible just to get a leg up on these guys. And and because listen, man, these guys we're all tough. Like that, let's leave the element out of it. Everyone is tough. We're beating the crap out of each other for money with no gloves. We're all tough. But now we have to separate the men from the boys. We have to work on movement. We have to work on flexibility. We have to work on mental and physical dexterity. And that's where I that's where I set apart from these guys. Like Lorenzo Hunt, that guy's an animal. But he got hit once and gave up. Let's just face it. He got hit by a very, very big 205. Don't get me wrong. I would not want to fight Gustavo Trujillo. That dude is an animal. 
Um, I actually went up to him and talked to him, and he looked at me and spoke Spanish. I was like, oh. And, and like I said, if you're Cuban, you can be as white as me or as dark as, you know, Gustavo. You don't, you don't know what he is. So I'm like, dude, this guy's big. I look at his knuckles. I'm like, dude, I feel bad for whoever's fighting that guy. <laughs> and then but let's just be honest. These guys are all one-dimensional. Um, you know, and, and, and I got heart. I got, you know, I'm tough, but I can take, I, I could take a beating and keep moving forward. Even my opponent after the last fight was like, bro, I thought you were going to get tired. You just kept moving forward. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of my style. I'm like, I'm like herpes, man. You can't get rid of me. I'm going to be on you. <laughs> and you don't really get tired so, either. That's the, that's the best part. You're still active and moving. Even in the fifth round, you're, you look the same as the first. Yeah. Just really, really red or pink. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm yeah, like, you definitely get a little red. <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, and that's the thing is I, I'm big on active rest, active recovery. Because if I'm there, right, and you got a guy, he's clearly tired. He's he's just kind of staying still. He's more or maybe marching forward or just being a little defensive. And then you got me who could be as equally as tired, but I'm hopping around like a fucking jackrabbit. I'm going nuts. <laughs> and I'm not really throwing anything, but I'm, I'm moving side to side. I'm kind of pushing you back. I'm going to take that round. You know what I mean? I'm never going to, if I'm tired or if I'm winded, you, you, I swear you will never know it. It doesn't look like it at all. Yeah. How no, how scientific no. are you your recovery? Do you use like uh like the whoop strap or all kinds of stuff like that, or yeah. just kind of like I rest you, when you feel tired? I got doctors. I'm telling you this. So I tore my fight. I tore my rotator cuff my last fight against Walbert Barros. Like, it's it's uh, it's bad. And I didn't realize I tore it until my cornerman, his name is Big David. He came up and gave me a big old hand, uh, bear hug, but he trapped my arms next to me. And I was like, holy shit, this hurts. And I saw when I threw it, uh, uh, my my arm popped out and popped back in my shoulder. And that tore my, uh, I'm sorry, not my rotator cuff, my bad. It's a labral, labral tear. Ooh. It's a very thin, it's a very thin, they said it's like a thin uh, rubber band-like material that kind of lubricates the joint. Um, and then uh, I did, I did like physical therapy for that. Um I recovered and recovered and recovered. I pretty much went broke doing physical therapy because I'm a union worker. So if I get cut open, um, I can't work. You know, I climb up and down ladders and I'm melting titanium and stuff like that. So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to, I basically hid my injury. Um, I got stem cell. Um, I did cold and hot compress. I did cryotherapy. I did all that stuff and it worked. Um, and then getting ready to fight Dakota Cochran in March, I tear my bicep sparring uh, in February, complete tear. It's a complete ruptured. It's a distal st- tendon tear. My my bicep. I'm looking at it now. It's rolled up my arm still, and it's oh. my right bicep. I got the same one. I got the same thing too, bro. I did the same yeah, thing got, as well. I haven't had yeah, surgery because I ain't had insurance. <laughs> and, and that's I didn't have I didn't have uh, uh, surgery because once again, I was getting paid 400 bucks a day at work, and then if you're if you get cut open or if you get hurt, you, you, uh, the union puts you on something called SNA, which is like disability. And you get 400 bucks a week. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go about it the natural way. Um, PRP, uh, a lot of cold and hot compress. And now, like my jab, I don't know what it is, but it, my jab and my hook feel like more elusive, like, you know, like more of a, a, more, more of a stretch um, and feel faster and more fluid. And so I take recovery like so serious. Epsom salt baths every night. Uh, six hours of sleep every night. I drink a gallon and a half of water a day. I eat for function and not taste. I also eat for recovery as well. I got a bunch of BCAAs I could eat. Um, dude, I'm like living it. I'm fully obsessed with, with overall health and recovery, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's, so, that's how you got to have to be to be, have a long career. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> seriously. Um, yeah. No. Like when I do have a beer, it's you know I know all that stuff. We can do immune system. I'll have a beer every now and then. I'll have a Guinness. I'll have some Hennessy, and that's it. It's always one or two glasses, <laughs> and I'm good. But you should have yeah, Hennessy as your main sponsor, bro. You're really, dude, really I, giving it out for him. I know they already have a redhead. His name is Canelo. Oh. So I know I can't, I can't outsell Canelo. He looked like an animal this uh, this weekend, anyways. He looked so, good. He did look good. But yeah, they don't have a barrel boxing guy. That's you, bro. Dude, I, you know what? I hit up everyone, man. I hit up Red Bull, Rockstar. Um, you know what? I hit up all these like crazy sponsors. And Red Bull got back to me, and what they said, I saw the email too, I thought it was funny, because I'm going to throw it in their face when they do cross over. <laughs> and even if they don't sponsor me, they said that it is too barbaric, and it's not what they're looking for at this moment. Wow. But I was, but I was like, you'll sponsor fucking Travis Pastrana jumping out of an airplane with no parachute, but I got you. <laughs> that dude you know jumped I mean? out of like, sp- into space from for the Red Bull thing too. That's crazier than yeah. bare knuckle boxing, bro. <laughs> but but uh, like I said, it's uh, it's not yet accepted in most platforms. Um, when I tell people what I do, they're like, "What? That's a thing? Like, what parking lot do you fight in?" I was like, "No, dude, we fight on pay per view <laughs> in like venues. Like, it's a hundred percent sanctioned. So it's gonna be like the UFC. You know, it's 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 gonna take a while to catch on, but when it does, it's gonna blow up. And I'm just I'm glad that we're all part of it. You know." Can they could they have a show in Vegas yet or? That's tricky, man. A lot, not a lot of MMA shows come out here because UFC kind of puts a kibosh on a lot. So I don't know how bare knuckle would do out here. I don't know because let's just be honest, it's all political. Yeah, and there's a lot of union problems in Vegas too. There is, and uh, you know, with Dana here, and he basically has. And I'm speaking unofficially because I don't really know that I'm not that high up, but I feel like Dana White would basically have the official nay or yay. Um, on that, on letting another show like that here, but I think it'd be great. I think everyone should coexist. I think that bare knuckle should be in fight capital of the world, um, and uh, I think it should be everywhere. I think it should be legal in, in in every state. Like, you know, Feldman he says a lot of crazy shit. You know, he does a lot of crazy stuff, and we all love him for it. But he uh, he's right. It's fewer broken hands, it's fewer concussions. It, it might be more like lacerations, maybe. But other than that, man. Stitch or two is a stitch or two. You know, I've seen some, we've all seen some gnarly, um, long lasting effects due to fighting and boxing in the May. And we've seen some crazy leg breaks and crazy stuff like that. Nothing like that's happened in Bare Knuckle yet. Um, except for what's his face, the Italian kid, Francisco. Francisco Ricci? No. Yeah. We just yeah, talked about him the other day. <clears throat> yeah, he's a good kid. Um, I think he got like punched in the throat or something like that. But mm-hmm. we talked to Feldman you know, about that actually. So I guess, uh, he got punched in the throat and he had a blood clot in there. And then they went in there to do surgery on a blood clot and they fucked something up. So that's why he had to get put into the coma. So it was like yeah, due to yeah. fighting, but it was like a operation error too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know it wasn't fully. I, I watched his. Uh, I think Chris. What's the guy's name? Chris Ross. You know. Yeah, he finished the round. He won the fight. Like. He kind yeah, of bent that so hurt. I, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, uh, we usually don't feel all of our injuries until after adrenaline's worn off anyways. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, don't, I wouldn't attribute that, like, you know, I think they made it sound more serious, like bare knuckle boxing, guy in coma, this and that. I think they just tried putting a, a negative cloud above it. But but let's just be honest, nothing really bad has happened, knock on wood, in bare knuckle. <laughs> so I, I don't think why it, should, why it shouldn't be in every state, you know? Well, when it's in uh, New York, you can finally fight Madison Square Garden, dude, and sell it out. Oh yeah, 
dude, I'll, I'll I'll fight at the Barclays. I'll fight I'll fight anywhere, man. Someone's someone's got to win at the Barclays. It might as well be me. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like I said, uh, in Vegas, Vegas would be beautiful. I mean, I live here, so I've been here for a long time now. So um, that'd be awesome. But right now, I think it's looking like Tampa. If March 12th is a date, I don't know where that would be. Um, maybe Florida. I have a lot of family in Florida, so. I'm hoping to get out there and fight, show the world what I'm capable of. You know. Sounds good, man. We're gonna uh, wrap it up. So, you want to give a big plug for your gym and your uh, your personal training at your gym? Yeah, man. Uh, well, I was big shout out to my head coach Mark over here at Big Shot Boxing. Guys, that guy's pushing me like crazy, making me a better fighter, um, and just person every single day. And then uh, I'm training everyone over here in Anthem Henderson called Absolution Gym. And then a big, you know, big shout out to Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships and, and Caveman Corner. Yeah, really awesome. I, I, <laughs> I love doing these. I love doing these podcasts and interviews, man. I, I think I think that you know a lot of us aren't heard enough, and you guys give us a platform for that. So I, I can't thank you guys enough. And um, my manager, you know, Sandro. Sandro deals with me on a daily basis. Um, which isn't easy sometimes when I'm begging to get him, you know, begging for a fight. So, um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I know I can talk to you guys until my face turns blue. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I just had my coffee, so I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we're in Buffalo. It's getting late for us. It's like our bedtime, man. We're old and shit. <laughs> I know. I still got to go. My wife left for work. The kids are home. I got I still got to get my, my running, man. I got five miles I got left, so I didn't get that in yet. Oh, Damn. wow. So I'm going to. I just drank my black coffee and then, you know, get out there and sweat it out. All right, man. Thank you very much for your time. You guys are awesome. Thank Hopefully you. we see you up at Seneca. Oh yeah, that'd be cool if you could if he yeah. you could see him in Seneca. Heck yeah. I'm so I'm so down. I gotta have one of those famous Buffalo pizzas everyone talks about. Dude, if you come up here I'm wings on me. I know you we'll wait till after the fight, but wings on me. Yeah, and then I get yeah, you a Hennessy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm gonna have like a Hennessy. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, All right, listen, you guys enjoy enjoy a Monday night. I want to go watch the Steelers. Hopefully, shit the bed. Yeah, uh, gonna, yeah. Buffalo taking over. Let's go, Bills. That's it, Bills Mafia. <laughs> I'll see you. All right, throwing right through the table. Later. All right, yeah, sure. All right bye. Bye. Good one, man. Joey good. Angelo. Yeah, good one. Killing it. Dude, he was so cool. And the history. He knows some of the people you know. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe he knows Dizak. That's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, dude. Yeah. Dizak, he was a beast. Power lifter. He's from, from Buffalo? Yeah. We used to train with him over at Horizon with Primo and stuff. Yeah. Man, Ketri back in the day. You got him on Facebook? Josh Kajaschek. Yeah, I got him on Facebook. Tag him? Yeah, I'm going to tag him in this. Hell yeah. That's Give him cool. some shout. Maybe we'll get Dizak on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be great. You yeah. talk about Tompkins and like all those guys. It was crazy. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Dude, he was so good. I can't believe he never made it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes you know the sport, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough. You know, it's good people out there who's not even in the big shows, you know? Yeah. All right, let's uh let's get out of here so we can wrap this up. This video editing is a lot harder than just doing the uh Silly audio, so <laughs> cut it All short. Right. All Let's, right, coming to you live from, from the Caveman Studios in North Buffalo. We are out of here. Yeah. Peace. Peace.